Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll see if Chuck Todd can continue his domination of Reginald the Monkey with his NFL picks, and we'll chat with Mitch Album about the Lions and what their success means to Detroit. But first, let's put the wheels of commerce in motion. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Jason Kelsey last night, shirtless. Without a shirt? Yeah, Chuck yeah. Pierce, yeah. What are they doing in that row of seats? Who hey, are those people? Retirement's been the, good to him. Who is uh, hugging Taylor Swift all the time? Who's that girl? Maybe uh, Mahomes' wife, maybe? Mahomes' wife? Is that yeah. who that is? Maybe. I don't know. Do you know who that is? Uh, there's Michael? a lot of people in the box. You, Taylor Swift is the greatest thing that ever happened to the NFL. I know Wilbon doesn't care for her. <laughs> that girl? That girl, but <laughs> she's, uh, she's drawing all the people in. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Just playing off that, I I should have said this the other day. Why would you say it's Mahomes' wife? Have you any idea what Mahomes' wife looks like? Have you ever seen her? Yeah, I think I've seen a picture of her. Really? Yeah. And does she look like that? Well, I I didn't see the actual thing. You said you just made that up. You said it's Mahomes' (laughs) wife. Well, I know, I know Mahomes' wife. It could have been wife. anybody's wife. It could have been Andy Reid's wife. It could have been, but I know Mahomes' wife and Taylor Swift. Are have, pals? Yes, have been palsy-walsy. Yes, hanging out and... I hope you're right, because it's so out of nowhere, <laughs> Mahomes' wife. Well, I just, I base that on seeing all the paparazzi What if it photos. was Jason Kelsey's wife? It could have been Jason Kelsey's wife. It well, was I a don't guess. know if he has a wife. I, uh, no, he does. He does have a wife, because apparently she's, she said something to the effect of, put your shirt on and get back in the box. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, so today, um, you know, we're obviously going to talk with Chuck Todd about football. Mitch Album's going to be on. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Mitch has lived in Detroit for 40-something years now. But it's a baseball open because the Hall of Fame was announced. Wilbon, of course, disappointed. Gary Sheffield didn't get in. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. That's just me. But Wilbon knows him and met him, and so he became the greatest baseball player who never played for the Cubs of all time, and fine. But three guys got in. Adrian Beltre got in in his first year of eligibility with like 97% of the vote. So that is a no-brainer. Adrian Beltre, 95% of the vote. 3,166 hits and 477 home runs. Okay, so he's in. Yes. You know, he's um, the only third baseman to have a better uh, wins against replacement than Adrian Beltre over the course of his career is Mike Schmidt and Eddie Matthews. So he's getting in. That's pretty good company. You know, and he's mostly from, from the Texas Rangers, and, and, and that's fine. You know, he's getting in. Joe Maurer got like 77% of the voters, 76% of the vote. It was very, very close. Played his whole career with the Twins. Was an MVP one year. I don't think Beltre was an MVP. Don't think he was. Um, Joe Maurer was an MVP, and he won three batting titles. And he's a catcher. He won three batting titles as a catcher. Johnny Bench didn't do that. No. Mike Piazza didn't do that. Bill Yogi Dick. Berra didn't. Do, no, he won three batting titles. Now, you know, these are the three guys who got in are in small markets. They're in small markets. They're not, they would have been much bigger stars in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or Philadelphia. But I, I'm okay with that. Todd Helton is the one I, I wonder about. I mean, Joe Maurer, 306 career batting average. Todd Helton's batting average is better. It's 316, 349 home runs, but only 142 on the road because he played at Coors Field. Yes. And I think he's, I think I read that he's the first guy to get in playing his entire career in Colorado, where the ball appears to be juiced because of the elevation. Yeah. Michael, you, you these are Keep people you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this feels like what do you a think? Ter- these classes, and I'm looking forward to what's coming up in the years to come. You have like each rose on the next ballot, but this sort of feels like where it goes from being people that you watched as as a child to now just sort of baseball. These are now just baseball players. Do you think, as you look at that and you talk about small market teams, that in some ways where baseball has come and the hot stove, 
that actually helps as you reflect on their careers that they stayed in those places? I, that, I don't know. That is an actual open question for me. I think the preponderance of people who get in have played in large markets, at least for a few years, unless they are like, you know, just no brain guys. And Ichiro to me is a no brain guy. He has to get in. He's probably the greatest hitter of all time when you factor in what he did in Japan. So I, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I would have put in Beltre. I would have put in Maurer. I'm not sure about Helton. I wouldn't put in Sheffield. Uh, Billy Wagner is on that list and came close as well. I don't know. He's I got mean, one more year, right? Yeah, I don't know, Billy Wagner. I don't know. I, I mean, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't. Not to me. Not to me. What I feel it's like, not the Hall of the Very Good. It's the Hall of the Great. But it's Cue sort of Bob becoming... Ryan. Yeah, it's sort of becoming that though because they have that veterans committee that's expanded. That's okay. So, I don't mind that. Yeah, but like because the guy- it allows me to say no, he shouldn't get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Beltre definitely. That's oh, a no yeah. doubter, right? Oh yeah. Because I had some friends that pushed back on that and said, oh, no, 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 no. Was he that good? I'm like, yeah, he yeah, really he was that good. Was that good? Uh, Joey Gallo. Big news for the locals. Joey Gallo, who I think hit 106 last Swing and year. Swinging a miss. Swinging a miss. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Gallo. When he connects, <laughs> see, it's really different than Dominic Smith. Okay, you're when just, Dominic you just got the strikeouts. Yeah, when Dominic Smith connects, it's a double. When Joey Gallo gets wood on the ball, it's out. It's out. He had 41 home runs in 2017, 40 in 2018, 38 in 2021. With and pay attention to this number: 213 strikeouts. <laughs> Joey Gallo is feast or famine. Yeah. He's, like, he's a lefty, and the Nats need lefties, right? They need, Michael, they need lefty bats, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and more than that, they need some potential upside because you have a couple of young bats who likely will get some play this year. Yeah. So if you can have a veteran, even with the, with the strikeouts, uh, I think that's what you're looking for. 177 last year was his batting average. That's a good bowling score for me. 177. <laughs> you think you can still get over 150 in bowling? Uh, no, not anymore. 21, I don't think so. Maybe. Over 150? That requires you to mark on every frame. I'm not sure I can do that. Uh, so I, only, I only bowl once every two years, so I don't think so. <laughs> right. 21 homers and 142 strikeouts. Didn't he finish? Uh, uh, two years ago, he was with the Yankees where he hit nothing. He hit like one. His career batting average is 197. Mm. It's sort of like Schwarber, but not as good. Yeah. But right, Michael, not as good as not Schwarber. Not yet, yeah. Not as uh, not yet. Yeah, when you were when you were at the Yankees, it was one. It's been pretty steady. It was uh, the lot, going back to twenty twenty one combo year with the Rangers Yankees, about one sixty, then one fifty nine, uh, one sixty with the Dodgers, one seventy seven with the Twins. Doesn't hit for average, but his his on base percentage is better than you think it is. I guess because he gets a lot of walks. Because people don't really want to pitch to him because if he touches it, <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, could be out. I think he's a wonderful addition. Gives, gives us somebody to root for. And if he's batting 150 by June, okay, get rid of him. It's a $5 million deal. Yes. Yeah, in baseball, for a guy with that many it's years, it's really nothing at all. And whatever yeah. incentive is built in, you'd be happy to pay it. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that as I was not looking forward to Dom Smith. And he's also a pretty good outfielder, right? Joey Gallo is said to be a good outfielder. Yeah. So what is the starting outfield now? Lane Thomas, Joey Gallo, and who? Although they, t- they could DH Joey Gallo. That's but right. But he's a good fielder. Why would you DH him? If he's good. He's not Kyle Schwarber. No. He's a good Schwarber, you have to DH, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing to talk about, the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, their first-year coach. Here's his record, 30-13. and 13. It's the second-best record in the Eastern Conference, it's the third best record in the National Basketball Association. And they fired him. And Wilbon went on yesterday about, they better do better or it's not going to work. It's results-based. Missing the entire point. They fired him because Giannis Antetokounmpo went to them and said, get rid of this guy. And maybe Damian Lillard said it as well. Get rid of this guy. Because in the NBA, if stars don't want you, stars say the following sentence, if you don't get rid of him, I want to be traded. Can't have that. No. Magic Johnson, the much-revered Magic Johnson. I love Magic Johnson. Some years back with the Los Angeles Lakers, he went to the owner and he said, get rid of Paul Westhead. 
Paul West had won a championship two years before. The next year, he was like 54 and 28. And he was 7 and 4 early in the season. And Magic Johnson said, get rid of him. And he was out. LeBron James in Cleveland. The owner brought in a coach with great credentials uh, outside the United States of America, David Blatt. David Blatt was 30 and 11. That's even better than 30 and 13. And LeBron James went to the owner and said, get him out. And he was out. And that's how it works. It does not work that way in football. It does not work that way in baseball. There are many more moving parts in those sports. In basketball, if you're a star, you know, you just say, I'm not playing. If you don't do what I want, I'm not. Look at James Harden. He just says, that's it. That's it. Not only am I done here, but here's where I insist that you trade me. And they do. They do these things. They didn't do it for Damian Lillard, who wanted to go to Miami, but Damian Lillard went to Milwaukee, and it's an M. So it's pretty much the same thing. And he's playing with Antetokounmpo, and they got a chance every year to win a title. And Adrian Griffin's out, right? He's out. Yeah. That's uh, sort of a stunner. We told you we won't accept anything but excellence. 30 and 13? Yeah, get out of here. (laughs) And the first coach you mentioned, very player-friendly. Which coach? Doc. Oh, Doc. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody loves Doc. Now, yeah. Doc doesn't win. Doc, is, Doc has lost three different series where he's up 3-1 in the playoffs. Nobody else has lost more than one, if I have the numbers right. Yeah. But we all love Doc. Love Doc. And Doc's trading up. He's trading from Embiid, who hasn't won a title, to Antetokounmpo, who has won a title. And he has Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, if, you, if Doc Rivers, did Doc get that job? I, is it done? I don't think it's a done deal. No. Right. So, I mean, people say, well, you know, Doc... What's he going to do about broadcasting the games? He's going to stop broadcasting the games. He's going to take a lot more money to coach a team, and he can come back in the booth whenever he wants because he's really good. Yes, he is. He's really good. Yeah, it keeps That's... him off the golf course. Yeah, it keeps him off Bel Air with Uncle Big Al. <laughs> yeah. And as Wilbon did point out yesterday, in the city of Milwaukee, Doc Rivers is a godlike figure because he was an All-American at Marquette, and his number is retired. So this is a... <laughs> I think it's sort of a can't miss unless you're Adrian Griffin. Then it is a miss. <laughs> it's a, it's a swing and a miss. <laughs> At 30 and 13. Yeah. Wow. You think he'll get another job somewhere? I assume he will. I would think. 30 and 13. All right, we'll take a break. Chuck Todd will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Buck Moon. It is by a group called Listening Party. And I can't tell you anything about them because Nigel didn't print up their email. <laughs> so he is now forced to read their email. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Dear TK Show, thought I would send a bad dog story along with some music for my favorite band. I'm sure I've missed the cutoff and we're on to a new subject. But this is a dog. My dog ate this story. My Chesapeake Bay retriever, Sergio, once ate an entire sheet cake that was on the counter without disturbing the aluminum foil that I had loosely covered it with. I came home from work to a cake pan in exactly the same spot I had left it with the foil still resting on top of the pan. Imagine my confusion when I lifted the foil to find an empty pan that had been mostly licked clean. On to the music. The band Listening Party has been busy in the studio and I'm sending two new songs from the third album, Long Time Coming. As always, your support of the undiscovered artists in the music industry is greatly appreciated. That's very good. That's yes. a very good read. They play in Chuck Todd. And this is an intro for Chuck Todd. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Chuck Todd went 4-0 and last week. 4-0. and Nobody else 
male or simian, <laughs> was at or above 500. Nobody else. Chuck Todd, 4 0, now 81, 60, and 3. I hope you are betting with yourself because you're yeah. making a pile of dough, but you're probably not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I've, I've actually had a pretty good couple of months. I'm not going to lie. It's That's since good. one of those I've been very disciplined to. Not overbetting, not getting too cocky. It's one of those. Not going to complain, you know, the 56% type of winning percentage mindset, you know. I think that's very good. And I should point yeah, out that we pick, not in the playoffs, but during the year, we give Chuck games. We don't give Jeff Mott picks games, Carville picks games, the monkey picks games, picks his own games. Yes. Chuck Todd yeah, I, I, gets things sent eat, to him. And I just eat blue plate specials. I don't just automatically <laughs> count them to my, to my yeah. pile. And, you know, yeah. last week, you give Carvel all these crazy great lines, and I end <laughs> up getting the, 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 the crummy line, and I won anyway. So, yes, yeah. you went 4-0. You went 4-0. Yeah. Oh. We have two games. Yeah. And I will remind you, um, I don't know. Am I getting know... the Carvel lines? Are these the good leads? Are these, these the are... good leads? Are these the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross leads? <laughs> I don't know, Shelly. Give me the leads, yeah, Shelly. Co- coffee's for closers, <laughs> and you are a closer. Yeah. Third place, you're fired. <laughs> um, I, I think these are the regular lines. Kansas City yeah. plus three and a half. Detroit plus seven. I, I will remind you, I don't know who you're going to pick with Kansas City-Baltimore, which is the more attractive game. There's no question about that. I don't know who you're going to pick. But you said yesterday or a couple of days ago to me, you know, you just can't bet against Mahomes with yeah. points. You just can't do it. Here is an opportunity. Baltimore is the best team in football. They are. Baltimore came out in the second half of that playoff game, tied 10-10, and obliterated Houston. I mean, they, and, and they allowed three points. Don't talk to me about punt returns. Their defense allowed three points in the entire game. They were a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I believe – they are the best team in the league. That doesn't mean I wouldn't bet Kansas City, but I'm setting this up to find out your thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this, we went through this sort of in, that, in the middle of peak Patriots, right? Where yeah. each individual year you were like, you know, Brady didn't have any receivers. Who's he throwing to? <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, right? And you'd sit there like, I don't, they don't have a running back, or, or they'd, they'd sign a... Who's that running back they'd sign every year, like halfway through? Suddenly he'd magically come back. Um, and I, I can't. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. But it would be in, in the playoffs. He'd suddenly start start doing something. Um, and and that's what we keep saying now about the Chiefs. Oh, he does anybody throw to? Oh, Gronk's getting old. Oh, Kelsey's getting old. All of that stuff. So I, I, I everything says Ravens. Yeah. But, but I, I just, <laughs> I just not gonna not three and a half points too. That's the that extra. I mean, Ravens winning this thing thirty one twenty eight, right? Twenty seven twenty four. Sure, Justin Tucker, all of that. Yeah. Um, best so kicker ever. Point. He's yeah. the best kicker no, 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 ever. No. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I am on Mahomes. Weather is not a factor in this game. Kansas City's colder than. It doesn't matter what the weather is in this game. It's not going to matter to either team. So. You're, you're, you're making the bet on Patrick Mahomes, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I am. These are also yeah. the two – got to say this about the two coaches. I mean, you take Belichick away, right, and we're that having an good, argument yeah. about Harbaugh versus Reed. That's right. That's right. Both have won Super Bowls. Reed's won mm-hmm. two. Harbaugh's won one. But they, their records are awfully good. Their longevity – well, uh, Reed – Reed is going to end up coaching two teams for a really long time, Philadelphia well, and Kansas you, City. You know, Reed's probably going to break the all-time wins record. You think he'll if stay he, long enough? You think if he, he will? stays? Well, would you? How long would you stay with Mahomes? Uh, as long as he was there, yes. Yeah. If right? they had so, me, yes. Boy, I mean, let's go five years, ten wins a year, another 50, 50 wins right there. Probably more than 10 in a 17-game schedule with Mahomes. I think you could have right. you'd, you'd have to give yourself 11, 11 and a half in, in that. All right, let's go to the other game. Detroit, um, the sentimental favorite, now that Buffalo is out, they were co-sentimental favorites, now it's just Detroit, is at San Francisco. Detroit is getting seven. 
San Francisco made me nervous. San Francisco should have lost to Green Bay. They really should have lost to Green Bay. Um, their defense was not good, was not an attacking defense, did not stop essentially a rookie quarterback. He's been there a few years, but this is his essential rookie season. Uh, they ran on San Francisco. They passed on San Francisco. Brock Purdy was a little shaky, made a great last drive. But early in the game, um, I, I felt Green Bay dropped some interceptions. I thought, you know, I, I mean, I honestly thought that was going the other way. And I think San Francisco, and said this at the beginning of the year, is going to win the Super Bowl. But I'm, I'm not as definitive about that now. I could see Detroit winning. But I do think San Francisco is a significantly better team, though Debo Samuel's physical condition is a concern. Mm-hmm. I have set this up for you. Go. I, um, I, I blame myself for the Packers losing because in the third yeah. quarter, I may or may not have started to check on flights to Detroit <laughs> this coming weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With my son, we were getting very, very, uh, very excited. You know, my my uh, one one more just sort of Packer lament here. Um, I'm 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 like ninety five percent in on jo- on Jordan Love, but I'd like him to win a game in the fourth quarter. I'd like I'd like to see that. Right, that was the one thing we didn't see all year, and it felt and I feel that way about Lafleur too as coach. You know, they I want to say they lost the game in the fourth quarter, but it felt like the team choked it a little bit. Just felt well, like they, the maybe. moment got a little too big for him. I don't know. That that that's very young I, team. Very right. young team. So yeah, right. maybe. Um, I'm a little nervous about Purdy in this spot, but I don't trust that Lions defense, and I just don't know how they stop San Francisco. But the points here, I think seven points is too much. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty high scoring game. I assume San Francisco finds a way to win this game. They just got too many, a slightly better defense, but it, it's not as good as we all talk about it. It's not. It's not. Yeah. No, it is not as good as its reputation. Um, but the Lions' defense is even worse. Um, so, give me the Lions and the points. Um, but I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I, it's, I, I don't sense know if I'm you're not real confident in this. I yeah. sense you're not confident in this. I, bet. I just. My issue is Purdy. Yeah. That's the only reason why I'm not laying the points. I'd like to see him lay the smack down in a playoff game, and then I might feel better about that. There was a graphic last week about the eight remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs. Seven of the eight were drafted in the first round. Brock Purdy was the only one who was not, and he was one pick away from not being drafted. <laughs> yes. So, but I think he's been very credible over the two years. Yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah. So was J- Jimmy Garoppolo got to a yes. Super Bowl with this team. Yes. Right. So I mean, you know, Purdy. I think for you know he's always going to get the well. He's part. He's a system quarterback and all this stuff. You know, they, they've got to win the Super Bowl, I think, for Purdy to to sort of get out of out of this idea that he's just that he just got lucky by uh, by being drafted by the Niners. Right. Uh, you're a Packers fan. Bart Starr was a system quarterback yeah, he was. and one you're of the right. greatest of all time. Right. Yeah. And he ran the system quite well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know. All right. Now, well, okay. Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy Yes, was. for the Dolphins. Yes, he yeah. was that way, too. Yeah, he was that way, too. Yeah. All right. All right. Good luck. See ya. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough. But we go one up. We give you a monkey. See the monkey. Scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging out with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the fikes by it too. Sometimes he throws his poo, poo, poo when he's had too much Johnny Walker blue.
That's Virginia Coalition. We love that song. That's sent to us by Steve Dawson. Yes. That is just absolutely wonderful. Nigel's done. <laughs> Nigel was ON4. Reginald. Nigel is now, I'm Reginald. sorry, you're done too. <laughs> Reginald was ON4. Reginald is 26, 33, and 2. He had a chance yep. from Mount 500. He was going so well. He had three straight winning weeks. Got skunked last Took week. Took the pipe, yeah. Yeah, but he, he gets to pick. We're he does. Him to pick. So uh, I went down to visit him at the National Zoo. He's a very busy scene down there. He was uh, busy rehearsing for a new play he's going to be in. It's going to be a limited edition release at uh, the Kennedy Center later this spring, The Iceman Cometh. Oh, sure. He wanted to do a family project because he does so many action movies. He wanted to do something the old, everyone in the family could enjoy. He's usually with The Rock in most <laughs> of these movies. Well, the, actually, The Rock was unavailable for this. He's alongside Matthew Reese, Elliot Gould, and Vin Diesel. So oh, Vin Diesel, wow. obviously the replacement for The Rock. Oh, you know. wow. Yes. Um, but they took a break from, uh, from rehearsal to uh, go over these matches, and the first one we gave them was Baltimore at home. Giving Can I ask a question? Sure. I like The Rock. Mm-hmm. I like to watch The Rock. Sure, he's very entertaining. Vin Diesel annoys me sometimes. <laughs> he's like a miniature rock. <laughs> but, you know, I, should I feel that way? I mean, those Fast and Furious movies, they're, they're always very good. Yes. and they, I mean, they're, started they're frothy, at, but they're good. It start, they're both fast and furious, so yes. it's terrific. It, it started out with just Vin Diesel, and then The Rock became a part of it, so... Yeah, I mean, you don't have to like the Vin Diesel. The Rock is so much bigger than life. <laughs> you know? And Vin Diesel would seem bigger than life, but when you stand next to The Rock, yeah. you're not. And apparently they've had some kind of feud. Is that like, right? Yeah, they don't like one another at all. all right. Uh, so, yeah, so the first one we gave him was uh, Baltimore at Home, giving three and a half. And uh, Reginald showed me a lovely a video clip of him uh, at a craps table in Monaco, throwing the dice alongside John Lowenstein, Kiko Garcia, and Omar from The Wire. He's going... Omar coming. <laughs> he's going with Baltimore. Yes. Yes. So he's going to go with the Ravens on that one and feel pretty good okay. about it. Uh, now, the next match we gave him was uh, San Francisco at home giving seven to the Detroit Lions. And this was something I don't think you would ever do, but Reginald was base jumping. Do you know what that is? No. That's where you jump off a cliff and you don't pull the parachute until very no, late in the uh, no, fall. No, I wouldn't do that. So that's not something no. you would do. No. Well, he was doing this alongside Merton Hanks, Willie McCovey, and Buster Posey. So he's going San Francisco. Tells me he's going to tank the Niners. He's in this going one. the home teams yes. and giving points. Yes. Well, we'll see how it works out. We'll see. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We will come back with my old and good friend, Mitch Album. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Listening Party. This is a song called Reckless. If people want to send in their music, Michael, like this, unknown bands, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornheisershow.com. I'm going to read this email from James Vaughn Evans. Good morning, all. I was born and raised in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, otherwise known as South Detroit. Growing up, I spent my Saturday mornings with my mom at our local diner. I grabbed the Detroit Free Press sports section, devoured columns by Mitch Album. I was 10. Today, I'm listening to and reading about the Lions as fan favorites. Super Bowls and Lions mentioned in the same sentence. Superlatives abound. I'm now 58. It is literally like living a dream. I went to one FL game going up, growing up and saw Barry Sanders. As a Lions fan, I'm waiting for the collapse. Been waiting all season. There's one reason why it hasn't happened. Dan Campbell, biting kneecaps, never giving up, just like Detroit and South Detroit. Go Lions. Mitch Album, you have lived in Detroit for how long now? Uh, 39 years. That's a long time. So you know all these things. We'll get, I, I will, of course I'm going to mention the book. I just want to go through this narrative first. <laughs> You've seen the Detroit Red Wings win. You've seen the Detroit Tigers win. You've seen the Detroit Pistons win. You just saw the University of Michigan win, and you've never seen the Lions win. What, what is this success so far? What does this feel like? And is there a dread that it will stop? Not at this point. Uh, at this point, they're kind of house money-ish because people didn't expect them to get this far. When you're in Detroit and you're a football fan, you're basically just looking to overcome curses. And so, the, yeah. you know, there's a famous curse that Bobby Lane supposedly put on the team in 1957 when they got rid of him, uh, whenever he said this team won't win again for 50 years and <laughs> basically didn't. And so we were just hoping for a single playoff win because it had been 32 years since they had won a playoff game at all. And then they got that. 
And then it was like, well, could they get a second playoff win? I mean, we haven't seen that since 1957, which is, I can't even add how many years that is. And they got that. So now going to the NFC Championship and being one win away from the Super Bowl, it basically has blown up everyone's minds in Detroit. Nobody can fathom it. Everybody's walking around. You go to the doctor's office and the doctor says, you know, all right, take three of these and, 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 and call me in the morning. Go Lions. You know, like it's just go Lions at the end of every sentence, wherever you go here. So it's, it's a pretty great time, actually. Wilbon says they're the Cubs. They don't have the lovable quality, probably, that the Cubs had because they lost for over 100 years. Do you, do, you lo- do you accept that analogy that they're the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as you can't really have another Cubs, they're Detroit's version of it. But right. I, I think Detroit was more, has been more frustrated with the Lions over the years because they just kept going through coaches and GMs and quarterbacks and just constantly getting it wrong. I mean, you know, the NFL is different than, than baseball. Baseball, you have a bad draft, uh, you have farm system, whatever, you know, you can blame that. But football, you get the number one pick all the time if you're bad. And we've had plenty of them, you yeah. know, and, and we've had and top five picks. I mean, it's almost every year. So, so we keep blowing it over and over again, picking the wrong people. And all of a sudden, they brought in this regime of, of uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell gets a lot of the attention, but Brad Holmes needs to get a lot of the credit because he hits on almost every draft pick. I mean, they have four or five guys from this past draft who are, who are contributing. They're not just okay. They're guys like Sam Laporta and Brian Branch. and These are starting, contributing players who are rookies, Jameer Gibbs. You know, who everyone said they were yeah. crazy to take. Why would you take a running back? So when you that's how you fix yourself in the NFL. You know, you, you fix it through the draft and you get a good coach and they got both. I thought Dan Campbell was a bozo when I first saw him. I did. I think a lot of people probably did. Did they think that in Detroit? A little bit, uh, but we like that kind of bozo around here, you know, the kind that's gonna bite a kneecap. I, I, I think he gets a bad reputation that way. You know, I knew him a little bit as a player when he was right. here. And he was pretty smart and a leader in the locker room. And he is much smarter as a coach. He's, he's you know, dumb like a fox kind of thing. He's, there's, there's a wisdom behind his, you know, Texas accent and, and, uh, and, and little colloquialisms and, and honesty, basically. Uh, and he understands that the game of football, from not just from the effort point of view, but, you know, that whole thing about going for it on fourth down all the time, that's not because he's pig-headed. It's because he sort of understands there are ebbs and flows in football games. And, you know, those of us who have covered every game that he has coached, when you ask him, you know, why did you go for it on, you know, fourth and three from your own 38? And he'll say, I could just feel like the game was getting away from us. And if we didn't, if we didn't get that, we were going to get plowed. And, and that's what that's what happens in football. And, you know, these guys who just go by the rules, well, fourth and three you got to punt it. Um, you know, that's the safe way to go. He really gets the game, and he gets it from the inside. And, and there's a wisdom to that that I have not seen in any football coach that's coached this franchise since 1985. Not that that's a stellar list, because right. that includes right. Daryl Rogers and Wayne Fonts and Marty Morningweg and, and, you know, some rather ignoble names. Um, I, I live in a city where the fan base hated the owner and wanted the owner to sell the team. I've seen that with the Oakland A's. I've seen that in a bunch of places. The New York Knicks, they don't like the owner. I've never heard people in Detroit wanting the Fords to sell the team. Did, have they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. That, that was a very, very common theme when William Clay Ford was in charge of the team. Uh, William Clay Ford, you know, ran it from the 60s into the 2000s and, uh, and was terrible at it. And, you know, I, I mean, no offense to the guy, and he's no longer with us. He just wasn't, wasn't good at owning the team. And for many years, the accusation was they don't care. They're the, the Fords, you know, it's Ford Motor Company. Yeah. They, got a few other, they got a few other things going, and this is just a toy for them. And, you know, he had the same general manager, Russ Thomas, who was not good at his job for 25 years. You know, you don't keep the same guy who doesn't get it done for 25 years to really care about your football team. So it was only after the regime kind of handed over, first it went to Bill Ford, uh, you know, William Clay Ford's son, and then it went over to uh, uh, 
Sheila Hamp eventually, who is is kind of she's the one responsible for sort of turning things around. She came in and she said, "I'm sick of this, and I'm not. We're not going to keep doing the same things we always did, and we're going to be serious, and we're going to do a great search." And she brought in Chris Spielman, who was kind of a lion's lion, you know, and yeah. helped with the search for the coach. And they came up with this winning combination, and now she's a, she's a hero. Are are they, Mitch? Are they the favorite team in the city of Detroit, or is it another team that's the favorite? No, no. I I've always said, Tony. You know, we've been called hockey town when we yeah. won everything here, and then when the Pistons, it was like, well, it's a basketball town. It's Detroit. It's urban. It's whatever. And I've said since I got here, it was very apparent that Detroit is a football town that's just been asleep for fifty years. And we always said if we ever had a team that could go to the Super Bowl, this place would come unglued in a way that it didn't when the Pistons were winning, when the Tigers were winning, when the Red Wings were winning. And it's starting to happen now. What we didn't count on is that the rest of the country would jump on board. Yeah. All of a yep. sudden, everybody loves the Lions. And the Lions and the Bills yeah, would have been the best Super Bowl. Everybody, but now it's, now it's the Lions. I guess what I wonder about is this. If you've grown up there, I know you haven't grown up there, but if you've grown up there, if they've been your team forever and ever and ever, and they've never been this far in your lifetime because the last time they won was 67 years ago, do right. fans expect them to lose this one? Uh, you know, honestly, it's about half-half. Uh, yeah. You know, years past, it would have been, of course, they're never going to watch them come up with a way to lose. But after the last two weeks and what they've done and the way that they've done it, after the season that they play, really after starting the season beating Kansas City in Kansas City on the opening night of the NFL season, they've kind of defied the whole same old lines. There's an expression around here, SOL, that everybody says, you know, you, the talk shows, SOL, SOL, it's the same old lines. And they've had to drop that here because they clearly have behaved differently. They, they, they would have lost to Stafford and the Rams the old Lions. That would have been a classic Shakespearean loss for the Lions. Right. The old quarterback comes back, beats them in their own building. But it didn't happen. They, they held them off, and they beat them. And then they would have lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, you know, there are years when the Detroit versus Tampa Bay was a very common game here because they were in the same division, and nobody ever went. You know, <laughs> like, you could, get, you, could get, you could hand away tickets to people to go, because who wanted to watch either one of those teams? And now, wouldn't it be ironic, wouldn't it be classic SOL if they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks when they finally had a chance to go to the NFC Championship? They didn't do that. So they're losing people in terms of the expectations. And now it's like, dare we, dare we dream that they yeah. can do it, you know? And you're constantly seeing Dan Campbell in the locker room screaming at his guys, okay, we have two more games left with a bye in between. You know, that, that's, that's the way they look at the season. We got two games left with a bye in between. So they're fully expecting to go to a Super Bowl. So if they do, you know, there's at least half the fan base now is sort of saying, well, maybe this isn't SOL anymore. That would be wonderful. I know you have to go. How is the little liar doing on, in terms of book sales? Uh, it's doing very well. It's still on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Good. And uh, reviews for it have been uh, phenomenal. You know, I've been very, very touched. The people have enjoyed the book. I'm very happy for you, as you know, and I'm very grateful that you would come on. I know it's a busy day. Thank you, Mitch. Anytime, Tony. See you. Best at home. Mitch Album, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show.
Yeah, let's say you do that. Okay, you do that. Like Glenn Winters does in the Mailbag Fugue. Let's see you do that. That is remarkable. Just feel like we're in the movie Amadeus for a moment there. Just love that. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. That long last love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. That's Frankie Valley. Alone. That's not with the four seasons. That's just Frankie. That's just Frankie Valley. That is wonderful. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Mitch Album. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. I didn't tell the Nautica story. I've got to tell the Nautica story. Michael, I have to tell it, don't I? You have to tell point? it. I didn't tell it. From Rich Goldstein. Why can't I find the TK show on News Channel 8 in D.C.? Well, maybe you need a better TV. Yeah. Is it HD? You know, I yeah. mean, how hard is it? Everybody else gets it, Rich. Yeah. Why don't you get it? Yeah, that's puzzling. From Brian DeCenzo, tell Wilbon to shove it. We don't want his loser <laughs> franchise rubbing off on our lions. How great is that? How great is that? From Terry Gans, now of uh, San Carlos, California. And he sends a picture for Reginald of Bud Grant about to dunk a basketball. Ooh. He writes, Bud Grant, one of only two to play in the NBA and NFL. I don't know the other. I knew Bud Grant did that. I, I, I'll I look knew that, that up. but I don't know the other. Um, from Tim Duza, D-U-S-Z-A. Duza, Duza, I'm not sure. In a previous episode, Mr. Tony commented that he hasn't purchased or drank Merlot. Since Paul Giamatti's character, Miles, exclaimed, I am not drinking any bleep in Merlot in the 2004 film Sideways. This is a sentiment shared by many after seeing the film, as Merlot production dropped 2% in the ensuing year and is only now just returning to its pre-Giamatti levels. However, what people don't realize is that in the book the film is based on, Miles' aversion to Merlot is not based on taste or quality, but rather the fact that it brings back memories of his ex-wife, and he associates the grape with her and their time together. In fact, Miles' prized bottle in his collection, a 1961 Cheval Blanc, is 40% Merlot, which makes Miles' distaste of the Merlot the equivalent of Paul McCartney singing, Why it had to go, oh Merlot, it couldn't stay. I'll drink that grape no more, how I long for yesterday. Which is a wonderful email. From I'm Joe crazy Rizzo. about Merlot. I live for Merlot. <laughs> yeah. From Joe Rizzo in Oak uh, Hill, Virginia. Um, Matt Cotuaro, the manager of the Kansas City Royals, is a little? Hold on, Sparky. <laughs> Under the heading Littles Helping Littles, our son Joe is a free agent after slashing a 299 batting average with a 518 slugging average with a AAA Toledo Mudhens last season. Hmm. I got to believe Matt could use that kind of bat in his lineup. <laughs> so if he could put in a good word, this little would be greatly appreciative. Please tell him Tommy Mack, who signed Joe out of Oakton High School in Vienna, Virginia, can vouch for him. I'll let you, Michael Nigel, know if this comes to pass. Wouldn't that, that would be great? And the Royals fun. visiting the Nats last week of the season. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and now introducing... You know. Okay. Um, from Hickman Beckner. Tony, did you notice that you did not see a single Alabama logo on Nick Dunlap's shirt, hat, or bag? I did notice that. You did, however, see Adidas and TaylorMade logos. The golf rules for amateurs have changed to bring them in line with NIL. Did you notice that last year's Augusta National Women's Amateur, most of the top women in the field, like Rose Zhang, were wearing logos from the various golf manufacturers and not from their college? The only thing an amateur golfer cannot do is accept prize money. Yes, college golfers can and do receive payments for their name, image, and likeness. So don't worry about Nick Dunlap's caddy. There was plenty of money to pay him. Probably won't get the traditional winner's caddy share, but he will be paid. Good to know. From Joe in Portland, Maine. I love when you play Ian's mailbag song. And also the shout-out you give him for also being an emergency medicine doctor. One more amazing thing to note is his famous spouse, who is a bit of a D.C. area rock star herself. She is an Instagram-famous Cat Foster and rescuer. She has that? over 162,000 followers on Instagram as of this email, and it is at Pokey Pot Pie. <laughs> Pokey Pot Pie. <laughs> they are truly a power couple. By the way, I have uh, Otto Graham. Otto Graham played in both? Yeah, and then there was the Browns somebody. Browns and? Yeah, and then there was somebody named Mark Vital who apparently was in the NFL and got, didn't get drafted but signed with the Portland Trailblazers but didn't play? in the Summer League and then was released. Okay. From Peter Ward in Dundee, Scotland. Having heard your struggles with Chaucer on the pod, 
I've resisted the urge to translate this email into Middle English. Instead, I enclose some Shakespeare that could be applied equally to British zips, after all, a zip is a zip is a zip, or to Pete Rose. I look forward to more literary criticism on the pod, including your views on Rabbi Burns. What's in a name? That which we call a rose, by any other word, would smell as sweet. Eat it, Chaucer. (laughs) Wes uh, from Columbia, Missouri, which is the home of the University of Missouri. I'm from the Midwest, and I went to Mizzou. In response to Wilbon's ridiculous assertion about applauding the success of our rivals, I say M-I-Z, Fonz K-U. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call it on that. If you're out on your bike tonight, everybody, do wear white. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on here. And please, speak as you might to a young child or a golden retriever. <laughs> Up 
So many roads, so many women, so many truths told a lie. 